0: ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray. Father thank you Lord for the opportunity once again this evening. Lord to open your word and I have to admit a little bit tonight I'm feeling a bit weary. So if I ask, ask for your strength dear God and ask that you would please just help us to learn and then Lord to be um, Lord, to be edified by your word. I thank you, dear God, that the power is in your word and that, Father, you said that your word will not return void. And so I pray that you'd please help us this evening as we, we open it, we glean upon it, this, uh, these uh, wonderful words in the Psalms, I pray. In Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And uh, I think tonight we, we, all, we all, I think we all would admit we all want to be happy. I think if we were to to sum up life, sometimes it's like what it says, it's the pursuit of happiness, and you know, uh, sometimes you do, like I, I mentioned, you, you feel a bit weary, and you look forward to a brand new day, and I don't know about you, but I like to start my day obviously getting the Word of God, but I also just love a cup of coffee, right? And I have to admit, I, I had one tonight, because I was feeling a little, feeling a little bit from the day and, and there's been a lot of things happening today, a lot of great things that we've been able to to be part of, and all of that. but it is it's wearying at times, and I, when I was living in Sydney, it was just my habit there was a particular um, cafe that I would go past, and I won't mention it because some of you will judge me because uh, you know you, you think they don't make a good cup of coffee, but um, we it was just on the way to to work and uh, go into the office and so. It was just my my habit that I would stop over there. And this particular morning, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna come in a bit late. Um, it's been a it's been a wearying weekend, and so I was gonna head over. and I timed it so that the car wash was uh, was uh, was open. I wanted to get my car cleaned, and I think I had a, something on that week and was gonna pick some people up. So I wanted to have the car cleaned. And, so I dropped it off there, and I thought, I'm going to go downstairs, and I'm just going to read my Bible for a little bit more, and then just before, I'm going to, um, before I go, I'm going, to, I'm going to order my coffee and then go and take my coffee into the office. And so there I was, and you know that, that just that sense of reading God's Word and, and all of that, just the environment of that cafe just made me feel a little bit more, okay, I'm ready for the day, but you know what it, the clincher was? I got my cup of coffee, all right? And I was off, off I go, I'm 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 ready for the day. I've got my cup of coffee. I get in the car, it was all nice and freshly cleaned. And and I was in there and I, I put my coffee down. And I drove off and it was fine. It was fine. It was only a two-minute drive from across the way. So I drove across to where the church parking lot is. And and I, I grabbed my coffee out of my out of the car and I remembered my bag was in the back seat. And so I put my coffee on top of the car and I reached to get my bag and the door shut and the coffee spilled everywhere. I know, I felt sorry for myself as well. And you know, I thought, yeah, well, I'm going to, and it was just like I just got on a hold of happiness and then along comes the bumps of life and there it goes. And, you know, sometimes happiness actually is like that for all of us. We think we just got it, and suddenly there's another bump, there's another circumstance, and it's spilt everywhere, and it wasn't what we planned, what wasn't what we were hoping. And then there it goes, happiness spilt everywhere. I remember another time, same cafe, and there was a line-up that morning, and I ordered my coffee, and there was a particular one I ordered every time. And I remember lining up and you know, anticipating that first cup of coffee for the morning. And some of you, you're you're looking at me like, that doesn't happen, but I know that happens to you. But I remember just lining up, and finally they called my name, and obviously it's my name, so no one else has that name, right? So I'm walking over there, and I see this other guy. We're all walking to the same place at the same time. And just as I I was about to reach for my coffee, this other guy takes my coffee. Like the nerve, right? (laughs) And he took that coffee and he began to sip it. And I said, excuse me, that's my coffee. And he goes, oh, it's my coffee. And I said, no, what's your name? He goes, Henry. I was like, oh, close enough. Are you, you know, deaf? But, um, and you know, it happened, that, that very thing happened two days in a row. The same guy did the same thing to the same coffee. And, you know, sometimes we, life is like that. We think we've reached happiness and someone steals it away. It's just gone. Someone else has that happiness. And, and you know, I think sometimes we, we treat happiness like it's just some sort of circumstantial thing. Like only circumstances can bring us happiness and only certain things can bring us happiness. And, and I think the, the, the problem, though, is this. Everyone wants to be happy. Everyone wants it. We strive in our lives to remedy th- times when we feel the opposite of happy sad or discomforted or we go about seeking things that we think will cause us happiness and yet someone said this about happiness happiness in this world when it comes comes incidentally make it the object of pursuit and it leads us a wild goose chase and is never attained follow some other object and very possibly we may find that what we have caught happiness without dreaming of it and sometimes it just happens and sometimes circumstances take us away from that and yet. When we observe the Word of God, we understand the concept of just being blessed. That's actually the biblical happiness that we need to seek after. And what we learn about that is is blessing or happiness from a biblical standpoint is is actually a choice. Happiness is a choice. It's a choice to look past the circumstances and look past the, the, the heartache and recognize the blessing that we have in God and we observe through the Word of God how, how that is. And in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, the Bible says this, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death. Notice it says, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. And, and, and Moses was speaking to the nation there as they entered the promised land. And he said, you know what, it's out there and you just got to Choose. You've got to choose. And and tonight I want to give you three choices. Three choices to make if you want a a blessed life, if you want a life of just the biblical happiness that we're talking about, because it's a choice that we have each day to see blessing. It's a choice. And we know that this is a choice. It's not based upon circumstances or the state of our lives. You know, I think about the great uh, hymn writer Fanny Crosby, who tragically, at a very young age, she, she, was, uh, she was only a couple of uh, weeks old and uh, a doctor was, was meant to treat her eye with a certain ointment and unfortunately that, that, that doctor picked up the wrong ointment. And right there, treated her eyes and it, it ended up she was blind. She became blind. Can you imagine the, the tragedy of that? And yet, when we, we look at our, our hymns that are written by Fanny Crosby, they're, they're full of, of uplifting music and uplifting words. And one of her very first poems expressed remarkable wisdom for a child of that age. And it says, says this, Oh, what a happy child I am, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. That's a lot of wisdom for a little child. And she had, she had a sense of, you know what, the circumstances in my life aren't ideal. The, the things that I'm facing, they're not, they're not, they're not something that, you know, that, that is, that is a desirable. And yet, in God, she understood that she's blessed. She's blessed. And we know that God has our best interests at heart. We know that he sees past. The, we see things in a linear way. We see things just as they are good or bad. We look at circumstances, but God is, in the, is not just in the beginning, He's at the end too. And He sees all of that and He sees how that works out. And, and yet what we find here in, the, in this very first psalm is the blessed man. It's a prescription here, the, the, the blessed is the man. And that word simply is that, that idea of just biblical happiness. Happiness. Uh, understanding who we are in our position in, 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 uh, in God's sight, we are blessed. And, and he prescribes a couple of things here that I'm going to talk about tonight, three choices. Three choices that if we make, then the Bible says, it's not me, the Bible says you're blessed. The Bible says blessed is the man. And, and so tonight, if you're striving for that, then strive for this. Firstly, the first choice is the, the choice of right influences. Because here the Bible starts with, blessed is a man that walketh not, and he makes some descriptions, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He's saying, make the choice of right influences. You know, a lot of times uh, the, the, the very ups and downs of our lives is really based on those that we allow to be around us. You know, influence is a choice, isn't it? And all of us here, we can't say that we're not influenced by anyone. You know it's it's quite easily that your mood for the day can be ruined by those that are just around you. You can quickly change your 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 mind.' there's, there's, there's people that can do that. And, and yet he's saying, you've got a choice to make. You know we often allow the wrong influences in our lives to direct how we view our circumstances. and the Bible tells us in Jeremiah seventeen seven, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. And having the right influences, having the right, uh, the right uh, people around us, uh, can can help us just to have the mindset of being blessed. It's a choice of right influences, and he 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 really outlines for us here three that we should avoid, three influences that we should avoid. He's saying. Blessed is a man that walketh not. Okay, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So the first influence that we need to uh, need to avoid is firstly just walking with the ungodly. Now that that idea of walking has an idea of agreement. Right? Amos 3 3, the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? And so walking has that idea of just being in agreement. He's saying don't be in agreement with the ungodly. The ungodly is going to be someone that is referred to later on, who, again, we're going to to see is is someone that is in contrast to the righteous. Someone who is ungodly simply means someone who's wicked or impious, who's neglecting the fear and worship of God or violating his commands. They're, They're the opposite of godly. They're not godly. They're not following after God's way. Uh, we see this in, in, in Jude, uh, Jude 15 to 19. Quickly turn there, only other place we'll turn to tonight. Jude 15 to 19. And notice how, how the, the Word of God describes those who are ungodly. It says to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. So there are those who are ungodly who speak things that aren't right. But notice how he continues on. These, referring to the ungodly, verse 16, are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying here that there, there are those who are ungodly, and it's something about their speeches, something about their words, their murmurs and complainers walking after their own lusts. And so you understand that when he's saying here that to avoid this kind of influence, don't walk with the ungodly. What the Bible's talking about is not just those who are godless, ungodly, he's speaking about those who are agreeing with the, with the lost in their complainers and murmuring. They're complainers and their are it's It's someone who goes out to find fault. And, you know, um, there's that saying, misery loves company. How you know, quickly sometimes it's just that choice of who we decide to walk with, agree with those that we allow to fellowship around us. And that's just a choice to make. Mark Twain said it this way, he said, don't complain and talk about all your problems. 80% of people don't care. The other 20% think you deserve them. (laughs) And the reality is, you know, we can so easily get into a mindset of complaining. You, know, you think about the nation of Israel, God's people who, after being released from slavery in Egypt, suddenly they were faced in a position there and they just murmured and complained. And God, God abraded them for their discontent. And I'm saying don't be like that. And, and sometimes the reason why we're like that is we've walked, we've allowed influences. And you know, sometimes we we get into again just a, a bit of, of of that that influence of the media and the influence of just just the negativity of the world today, and we can get into the complaining, we can get into the murmuring, we can get into that misery that loves company, and we can go about and suddenly our disposition and our mindset, it's, it's taken it, and, and a blessed man chooses not to listen to murmurs and complainers. A blessed man considers the ungodly but doesn't take counsel from them. It's the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice the next one. It's those who stand in the way of sinners. So standing, the, the difference is a standing, standing has the idea of being comfortable in association. Okay, When you stand with someone, that means you're comfortable with their position. You're comfortable where they're at. And standing has that idea of, again, not, not just being in agreement but being comfortable in association. And, and a sinner is one that has voluntarily violated the divine law. They've just they've, sinners are those who prior like us, prior to salvation, we were sinners, right? But we're saved from that. We transgress God's law, but now we've been put in the law of liberty. And, and we have that in Christ. but Sometimes the, 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 the wrong influences is just simply standing with those who don't have the divine law. And I think this is speaking about those who are lost, those who have the, no joy in who God is. Someone said it this way, although a sinner himself, he is now a blood-washed sinner, quickened by the Holy Spirit and renewed in heart. This was us, standing by the rich Grace of God in the congregation of the righteous, he dares not herd with the multitude that do evil. You know, the the Bible tells us to not have fellowship with the works of darkness. And sometimes the 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 major influences in our lives are those who don't stand in the liberty wherewith we have in Christ. We they stand with those, and, and I'm not saying today that sinners at one point down on our noses are those who are who are lost and those who are sinners. We were sinners at one point, but we're saved by grace, right? And we ought to, we ought to have a compassion. I'm not saying that we never talk to them, but there's something about just standing with them. Being comfortable where they're at. It ought to be something that we ought to be uncomfortable with the lost world. This ought not to be a place where we go, you know, this is a pretty good place. No, it's not. And we might enjoy some, some of those, those things that that the world has that are, it's not morally wrong. But you understand that, you know, when we we have a love for the world and the things of the world, there's a warning there. And so he's saying standing with sinners and, you know, the blessed man doesn't come and and fall for the, the seduction of the lifestyle of the lost world. He sees it for what it is. And and someone who's, who's happy in the Lord, who's blessed, is a blessed man. He doesn't measure himself by the world's standards of success. He looks at that and he wishes that. And later on in a different psalm, he, 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 Asaph talks about that, he, how he, he envies the wicked. And he looks at their lives and it seems to be they've got it all together. And, and then he's reminded of their place. And we've got to remind that that standing, where they're standing, is a dangerous place. It's one fraught with the dangers of eternal hellfire. And we better be careful to envy that and to stand with sinners. He's saying, avoid that influence. And then he goes on and he continues, he says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You know, the, the, the next avoidance that we need to to make if we're going to see uh, we're going to be the blessed man the happy man it is sitting with the scornful uh, sitting has the idea of not just being in agreement and being comfortable when you sit that means you're staying when you sit that means there's a sense of belonging you belong there and he's saying avoid it don't, don't sit with the scornful and, and, and the scornful simply means this. It's a feeling or expression of contempt or derision. It's treating something like it's worthless or acting in defiance. It's rebellion. It's someone who's rebellious towards the things of God. It's someone who doesn't take God seriously. And, and you're sitting and you're conversing and you're now meddling with what they're meddling with. And you better be carefully saying, that doesn't lead to blessedness. That, that leads to the opposite, because blessed is a man that, that avoids these influences. And I think about Lot. Lot, who, when he warned his sons-in-law of the impending judgment, what did they do? They laughed him to scorn. They laughed at the, the are you serious, Lot? And, and, and sometimes, sometimes what we need to do is actually normalize in our homes A disdain for the ungodly things and those who scorn God's way. We can we can so quickly laugh when the world laughs. We can so quickly make a joke of of those the evil things that can 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 be presented. And how are we in our workplaces? And how are we when we're around those? And are we exemplary in our following of Christ? And and yet, sometimes we wonder why we come home and there's a grieving and there's a misery when actually we've just made the wrong choice. You know, I think sometimes we leave these kinds of thinking to our young people like we're warning them about their friendships. Hey, listen, we're just as influenced as, as anyone else, we adults. And we better take great care about choosing the right influences. But then notice verses two and three. He's the next choice, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He's, there's a contrast here. Whilst we don't delight in those influences, we do delight in the right influence. We do delight in God's Word, and that's a choice. That's a choice. You know, one of the reasons why... The Bible is written, the Bible tells us it's written for fullness of joy. There's a question asked at our youth camp about joy, and, and really they, they termed it happiness. And it, it speaks about this permanent, the Bible doesn't speak about temporary things like, like happiness, that concept of that. Actually, the Bible talks about a permanence, a, a state of being joy. And he's saying that the Bible is given as fullness of joy. And, you know, sometimes the reason why we don't have any happiness or joy in our lives is we're not filling up on the right things. We're not filling up. We're not. Del- we're, 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 we're speaking like uh, this morning, like a first-mile Christian who's just duty-bound. They do it out of duty. I understand, we got to go, get past duty, and, and sometimes we do. You just push through. But, but it's better yet to delight to delight. Delight in God's word. the inference here is that while the blessed man doesn't take counsel from wrong influences, he does take counsel and delights in the Word of God. We know Joshua 1:8. right This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Right? There's a, there's a, there's a corresponding, Uh, corresponding filling and profiting when it comes to being in the Word of God. And it's a choice, though. It's a choice to delight in God's Word. It's a key to blessing. And we see, firstly, as we note here, the frequency. The frequency of delighting, he says here, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Notice this, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. There's a frequency. There's an amount. He says day and night you should... Be meditating, you should be chewing on it, and it should be something that is present in your mind and present in your heart, and should be something that not only physically are you listening to, but you're meditating, you're chewing over. it's you know, it's it's good to memorize scripture, it's good to be found in a in a place where you're trying to study God's word. You're saying the frequency day and night. That you know, that's the beginning of a day and the end of the day. It's it's that that whole day attitude and and I'm saying that don't have a casual perusal of the word of God. No, we ought to have a, a genuine longing for and a study of the word of God. You know, that ought to be something. And, and I'll tell you, if you set your mind to just meditate upon God's word, there's a deep, deep waters that, de- uh, that deep roots that develop that, that allows you to withstand. Some of the greatest storms in your life and withstand even those circumstances that can usually rob you of your joy and rob you of your happiness. And what it does, it brings you a firmness in the lighting. Because the Bible tells us in Nextly, there, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. There's that depth of, of, of resource that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And the picture there is, is that, that resource of the stream that's unstoppable and that's flowing and flourishing of the Word of God. And if you're going to be delighting in His Word, then you're going to have roots that are, that are tied into that resource and tied into that, that stream that uh, produces the right fruits and the right uh, workings in our lives. And there's a firmness in our delighting. The Bible says your leaf, it won't even wither. And there's this picture of a strong, mighty tree that just just grabs into the resources and the depths of the Word of God. You know we live in a day that we want things to come easily. You know, we live in a time where we just want a shortcut to, to even our Christianity. and And you know we we wonder at times, we go through things in our lives and and suddenly we're buffeted and and, and yet, the firmness that we needed was right there in front of us. It was just in the Word of God. And you know, those things that don't, that don't take away. And we're, the Bible tells us that we're rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith. As ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. He says in 2 Peter 1.12, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. And sometimes we get that, an attitude that, hey, we've heard this message before. We've heard this, this very, uh, very thing from this very passage. And we know where that preacher is going to go with it. And we heard it somehow in some other way. And sometimes we go and we read that chapter again. And we say, hey, I've already read the Bible. Listen, there's more. I'm saying it's a stream, it's a river. And there's depth and there's firmness as a result. And yet there's a fruit, there's a fruit of delighting. Bringeth forth his fruit in his season and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And there's a, there's a fruit bearing of that. That's how you see, uh, how you can tell a healthy tree, by the way, is that it bears its fruit like it should and there's a fruitfulness there. He says in 1 Timothy 4.15, Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. And someone who chooses to delight in God's word, it'll show for it. You know, there's that saying, right? And don't feel guilty, you are what you eat. Right? It's true physically, but it's even more true spiritually. You are what you eat. And how's your, how's your, how's your diet this week? Well, I'm talking about physically. What have you been feeding your mind on? What, are you, what have you been watching all week? What have you been reading all week? What are the things that you've been meditating on? Because what, what you meditate on will show. And many times there's a lot of unhappiness in Christianity because you just firmly put your mind to other things and you have fed on that rather than feeding on the richness of the Word of God. And you will bear fruit, but what kind of fruit will you bear? And he's saying there that if you're a tree, if you're a person who delights in the word of God, then you're blessed. You know what are you delighting on? Are the problems you're facing just really maybe a fruit of lack of delighting? The blessed man, the blessed man, he chooses, he chooses to delight in the word of God. Then thirdly and lastly, notice here says, the ungodly are not so, but like the chaff which the wind driveth away, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And the last choice is to, to contrast, the choice to contrast the lost. You know, to observe and recognize that there were some things that were former as saved people and to contrast that. I'm saying the blessed man will be different to the ungodly. And there's the, the, the blessed are in contrast in three areas. Firstly, they have a purpose. In, in verse 4, there's a word picture there, the ungodly are not so. It's, so the Bible's likening the ungodly, the lost, to these. They're like the chaff which the wind, wind driveth away. You ever seen on a really blowy day some of the, 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 the loose grass and the loose uh, bits of dust that just flow just every which way—they're driven about with every wind. The Bible tells us not to be like that, to not be tossed about with every wind of doctrine. They're purposeless; they're just bobbing along and they're just going with it wherever it goes. And and the Bible's saying you're not like that. You're to contrast to that. You have a purpose. You have a direction. You are to seek God. You are to have that and. And the Bible tells us in First John two seventeen, the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And and it, again, we didn't take the time to look at the, the rest of that passage there. But he likens those who aren't uh, seeking after the will of God, as like the the wheat that one day is and then the next day it's in the oven. It's like the flower that fades. It sort of just just it's got no purpose. It's just blown away and it's just just perishes. And he's saying, in contrast, though, those who have a purpose. By the way, if you're saved, you have a purpose. God gives you that. Right? You're created, you are a workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And there's a purpose in your life. And so seek after that. Don't don't just be be blown by every bit and every 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 which way. No, no, seek for a purpose, seek for a direction, seek for a way too. But then what we see is they're driven about. They're like the chaff. Then it says in verse 5, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. You know, they're going to have their place. You know what their judgment, they're going to face a judgment. And for us, we face a judgment too, but we face a judgment for rewards. And And you remember the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to stand one day. And that judgment isn't whether we're saved or not. If, you're, if you've put your faith and trust in Christ, you're saved. Well, listen, you're going to stand. You're going to stand. You're going to give an account for your life. And, and unlike the, the ungodly who are going to stand and they're going to have no place with the righteous, they're going to stand in judgment for their lives for eternity. We're going to stand in that moment, but we're going to have a judgment for rewards. We're going to all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And the choice to contrast, it leads to blessing. But then, lastly, notice there, verse 6, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You know, they have God. We have God to guide our path. If If you're here tonight, you're saved, you have God to guide your path. The Bible tells us in Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And we're, there's an ordering that God brings to our lives. And then notice what he says in the second part of that verse, and he delighteth in his way. There's just that correlation between delighting in who God is and who who he makes us to be versus those who are lost. There's a contrast. And And, and we have a God to guide our path. You know, maybe you're here tonight and you're, you're feeling the pressure of the circumstance. Maybe you're looking at that and, and you're putting that, that's the reason why I just can't have any happiness and joy. I want to tell you, you can have it. I want to tell you, there's a, there's a permanence of that if you would just seek the Lord and you would allow Him to guide your path and to guide you out of troubles and to guide you through some tricky situations and to guide you through some decisions that you need to make and, and really it's simply a choice to not like be the lost it's a choice to have the right influences I used to tell our young people all the time your friend will determine your end who you allow to influence you that's who you will be and so he says don't, don't walk in the way don't stand with sinners. Don't sit with the scornful. The second choice is to delight in God's word. How's, what are you filling up on? What are the things that you're meditating on? Because what you meditate on will show. And then lastly, contrast. Be different. Understand that that was the loss. That was formerly you before salvation. But now you're not that. Now you, you are in the congregation of the righteous. Now you can delight in the Word of God. Now you can be the blessed man that doesn't allow these things. You have a choice. And if you make these three choices, the Bible says you're blessed. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time. Lord, I understand, dear God, that all of us face different things each day. And yet, Lord, there's just a a knowing of you and a knowing that, Lord, in you we can be blessed. Thankful, dear Lord, for the time. I pray that you please uh, please just lead us and and bless each one as they get into the week. And we pray that you just be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, why don't we stand? We'll sing one verse of the closing hymn tonight.